Welcome, you're listening to the Spa Business Mastery Podcast, a place for team and solo spa owners to learn how to scale their business growth and impact by implementing thriving systems and strong leadership. Hi, my name is Kirsten Foss, and over the past 25 years, I've been an esthetician, spa owner, and business and marketing strategist to help you plant the seeds of success needed to cultivate a truly bountiful spa business. And today we uh, have Spa Marketing with Delia. She is our marketing director here at Kirsten Foss Coaching, as well as the the director of all things uh, with Virtual Spa Business Management, our sister company that does done-for-you services for spas. So thanks for coming on again, Delia, um, for the podcast and sharing your knowledge, uh, your extensive marketing knowledge. You've got a lot of it. And the beauty of it is, is that you've been in the spa industry for a very, very, very long time. So you have that really great blend of the weirdness of the spa industry (laughs) and, and marketing and how, how we can, um, how our industry can market a lot more effectively. Absolutely. Thank you. Happy to have you on here uh, again. And each month um, Delia is uh, on the Spa Business Mastery podcast talking about marketing. So this is episode number 26 and we are on part two of Spa SEO uh, marketing. So um, if you didn't listen to the first part uh, of that podcast, which is episode 20, where are we? 21. Um, then go back and take a listen because it's all about why SEO is a critical piece of your marketing for your spa business. And while most spa owners get really, really overwhelmed with SEO, search engine optimization, that's making sure that your website is easily found. So while we know as spa owners that we need to be found when it comes to SEO, I think most of them are really overwhelmed and end up, you know, kind of tucking their head in the sand about it because it's, there's so many other things to do in your spa business. And when this feels like a huge learning curve, it's really easy to kind of put it on the back burner. But if you need more traffic coming into your business, you got to get on your SEO. So Delia, let's dive in. Maybe you can can give us a little recap of, of last, the last episode that you did about why SEO is, is critical for spas. Well, sure. And, you know, as, as spa experts, we're more talking spa talk versus, you know, digital marketing terminology. So I think uh, the key piece to it is just having a solid understanding of what it is, um, why you need it, whether you're trying to manage it yourself or you're outsourcing it to an SEO expert, um, still having the, the fundamentals, I guess, of how it works and why it's needed is super important. Well, yeah. So last time we, we talked about um, what SEO is, so it's your search engine optimization and that's your organic um, search results versus paid ads. Um, and what that does is, um, you know, I talked about it last time, how Google or whatever search engine that you're using has these little spiders that come along and crawl your website. And what they're looking for um, is relevancy and relevancy based off of um, making sure that you've got the right content in there that your uh, potential customers and customers are, are searching for um, and making sure that that ties back to um, keeping that content very, very relevant and niched to who you are and the information that you're trying to communicate. Um, so SEO comes into play in that because there's certain pieces that uh, you need to strategically place these SEO components to in order to make um, 
you know, those spiders crawl your site properly and be able to understand the content um, that it is that you're that you're displaying. And so if you have information on there that isn't relevant to what you talk about or what you do, then, um, you know, those spiders flag your website as irrelevant and that's likely going to get you pushed down on those results page lower and lower. And ideally you always wanna be on page one and you wanna be number one or number two on those on those um, search pages, so. And they may even, like spa owners may even think like they're looking at their website, you know, like say their homepage and look at it and think, well, how is this not relevant? Right. You know, I, I've got on here that I do, you know, manicures and pedicures and facials and waxing um, and yet, I'm nowhere near page one of Google. Right. Well, and, and I mean, the other part to that as well, too, is depending on how long you've had your website for, if you're a brand new website and you're expecting to be on page one, the likeliness of that happening isn't going to happen because it does take time uh, for, uh, I'll just use Google because that's the, the biggest one, for Google to, to crawl those sites and, and make sure that your website is that website that they want people to see first. Um, so just keeping up with maintaining your SEO over time will help to get you on those pages. But like you said, if, you know, yes, I have waxing in here. Yes, I have, you know, skincare in here. But if you're not actually uh, using specific words that your, um, your customers are searching for, or you don't have, you know, certain descriptions in there that help to describe maybe what a service feature might be or what a product feature might be, then it makes it harder for Google to understand what it is that, that uh, they need to show to those people who are searching. So like, essentially, you just have to play by Google's SEO rules um, yeah. to get found or to show up on page one more often. And so um, Delia has made uh, uh, an SEO checklist for all of you to have a little, um, how many points have we got? We've got six points here, just to have a little checklist to go through um, to make sure that you are optimizing your website for capturing new spa clients as much as possible. Now, with all of these six um, points of the checklist we're gonna share with you, you may, you may not understand them. And we're just gonna give you the Coles Notes version about each one of them, because we know most of the industry gets really overwhelmed with you know, talking SEO. A lot of spot owners, all of a sudden their eyes glaze over and it's kind of like wah, 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 <laughs> you know, like the Peanuts teacher, Charlie Brown. Um, so even, we, we want you to hear it. We want you to write down these, these uh, pieces of the checklist. And even if you don't know how to do it yourself, at least you'll understand a little bit more about uh, what an SEO specialist is talking about if you choose to outsource this. Yeah. And of course, not all SEO specialists are SEO specialists. Um, and so it, it just helps you to make better decisions in terms of who you're outsourcing um, your marketing to. So when you, yeah. when you know more, you can ask better questions and then you get better answers. So that's, that's our intention for today. I think most of spa, our spa owners in the industry don't do their SEO very few, um, but um, we're hoping that this kind of at least gets you to have a little bit of knowledge so that you can leverage that knowledge um, and yeah. make it work on your website. All right, so let's dive in. What have you got for number one on the SEO checklists? SEO checklist number one is keywords. And that is essentially uh, all your copy that goes into your website should have strategic keywords in there. And what those keywords are is in layman's terms, what your customers are searching for when they go into the search bar on, on uh, Google and they type in 
the information that they want to get the results for. So if they come in and they want anti-aging skincare, then they're going to type in best anti-aging skincare. Um, if they want anti-aging skincare in their location, then they might type in, you know, Vancouver anti-aging skincare or Vancouver anti-aging uh, facial clinic. Um, so we call those long tail keywords because it's essentially a small sentence that, you know, most consumers think off the top of their head, okay, this is what I need. Um, and so those keywords are super important to have in there um, that are what people are going to be searching for. There's tools that you can use to find those. If you've got an SEO specialist, they would know where to go and look for them. But you're not talking, um, you know, spa terminology in a sense where they wouldn't understand. They don't need these high level, um, you know, <laughs> that, that spa talk that's maybe too clinical for them or too ingredient um, savvy that maybe they wouldn't understand. You're talking just, you know, kind of everyday sentences that people would think to type in for the information that they're looking for. And so you want to make sure you don't want to splash your whole website with, you know, every single sentence having all these keywords in. But what you do need to do is place those keywords that you have found or your, or your SEO specialist has found to be top searches. And so you place those strategically into your website and that can be in your service descriptions, your product descriptions, um, in your about section, anything so that, because like I said, Google will crawl your website and they'll crawl all your pages and they'll crawl them really, really fast. So it happens, you know, in, in lightning speed. Um, so you want to make sure that you plug those keywords into there. So one of the things I wanted to um, share with spa owners today was how to recognize uh, keywords like the long tail ones and just kind of the individual ones yeah. on either their website or other spas website or even just any website in mm -hmm. particular, just allowing you to start recognizing how this is actually working. So what you'll often see with a site that's been uh, SEO optimized, like on the homepage, you'll often um, see some sort of copy about like maybe a mission statement, but it will, it will also include the location. So it'll say something like, um, you know, Vancouver skin therapy clinic, uh, that blah, blah, blah. And so that location, uh, key, those lo the location keyword is what that's been strategically placed for SEO. So that when people are typing in facial Vancouver, then that's, that's a, it's considered like super relevant and, um, uh, that's how Google's ranking you there for that one. They'll recognize that. So you want to make sure that you have, you know, short tail or short uh, keywords, single keywords, um, and long tail keywords. And again, those are sentences that most people would type in, um, you know, location, service product and outcomes as well. So you want to make sure that because most people are, are looking for solutions. So again, you know, back to the anti-aging skincare or, um, you know, acne treatment in Vancouver, I'm raised in Vancouver, um, shout out to Vancouver. So having those, those service and retail outcomes in there as well too, what results they're going to get, because likeliness, they're going to go and be searching for results versus a specific product or um, a specific facial that you might have on your website. So so I, I sometimes see in Facebook groups new, uh, especially the new solos, they try to get fancy with naming their services sometimes. And while I told, I kind of understand where they're coming from, you know, they're trying to be different, but that can kind of turn around and bite you in the butt as well. Because if you're making a name for something that people can't tie together with 
those searches that they they are looking for, then that's one place where you're kind of missing the marks. Mark, um, but so you don't want to get too too creative, <laughs> so that consumers won't even know what to search for to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you also don't want to be too general in terms of you know, you know when you're doing service uh, descriptions or product descriptions that they're too general in terms of like just buzzwords like rejuvenating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so that's why we want to make sure that your service descriptions and your product descriptions have features and benefits or outcomes in there. Because that's what, think about you as a consumer, when you're searching for something, you're usually typing in some sort of feature of it. Like, you know, like Delia, like you said, like acne skincare or acne safe skincare. Um, so we want to make sure that that's our service descriptions are not too flowery, but they've got the features, some key features. You don't need to put every single step of your service in there, but just the key ones. And then those key outcomes of what they're going to get. Yep, exactly. All right. So that's keywords. Um, Okay. Let's move on to number two. Yep. The next one is meta descriptions. And what that is, is so when you go onto a, a, a search engine and you'll see those listings come up, you'll see those results come up and you usually got a title for what it is that you've searched. And then you've got that small little description underneath that title. And so those are meta descriptions. And what that is, is just a short little blurb um, to very succinctly tell the visitor um, what they can expect when they click on that link. And so you need to keep it short and sweet, um, but still have those key elements in there so that they can like within 300 characters, they can really get a solid grasp of what it is that they'll be, that they'll be clicking on. And so those, um, those meta descriptions, uh, it'll be on the, on your website to be able to pop those in. Kirsten, last, last time you showed a quick, um, a quick demo of what that would look like in the back end of your website. And so that's where you with the meta descriptions, that's also like if you're sharing a link on social media and uh, so you've got, usually it shows a picture if you put a picture with your website, but, and then you've got the heading and then there's like that little chunk of copy right under this, that that's the meta description in there, right? Meta description, yeah, just a very so, short description that explains what that, that title is. Yeah. And, you know, you'll have meta descriptions for each page uh, that you have throughout your website. So you could have a meta description for your homepage, you know, the about page, um, your services page, your product page, uh, that type of thing. So each of those descriptions and, and again, you know, sometimes you'll notice on, um, on search results when they come up, you might get like a, a search result for your spa, but it might say Facebook. Um, or it might say home, right? You'll get those different levels of searches. And the reason why some of those, you know, Facebook pages come up more so than something on your website would is likeliness is that you're talking maybe more about those features and benefits and you've got those keywords in there. (laughs) Um, So those are ranking higher than some of your other other pages. And I mean, it can work the other way as well too, um, if you've got a really great optimized website. So that's- I do see a lot of solo, like small solos that their what shows up in SEO is their Facebook page more yes. often than not. <laughs> because, you know, and, and sometimes uh, they're just more active on that. And maybe the website could be a little bit more dor- dormant or, you know, your, your 
planning on working on it and updating it, but you haven't yet, but you're just maybe more active on social media. And, yeah. And so this is where like, you know, those, those questions that spot owners are like, ah, oh, how do I get more traffic? I'm posting every day on social media and, you know, and it's still not, well, okay. That's a flag in the play. And we've got, uh, I think we did a podcast earlier this year talking about making sure maybe it was last year, 2020 about, um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket in terms of marketing. So, you know, if you're, mostly relying on Facebook or Instagram to market and those pages are showing up in your SEO, that's great, but it's also a flag in the play that your website needs some attention uh, in terms of SEO so that you are not just relying on social media for traffic, that you are relying also on website um, um, uh, searches. Yeah, because essentially, if you get those uh, those customers to your website, that's going to give them all the juicy details yeah. from there. So way more than a Facebook page. Way more than with a Facebook page kit, right? They right. got the quick direct links. The next part is one of our favorites is alt text, and this is often uh, I see this a lot when I'm doing uh, research for our small clients, our our digital marketing clients. So the alt text is um, when you have a picture on your website. Uh, the search engines, they cannot identify what those pictures are. So you have to put a little bit of a description on those pictures so that, again, they can, they can index it and they can crawl it properly to understand, okay, that picture is of a facial or that picture is of, you know, hair removal. Um, and then again, that helps with your SEO rankings. So if, again, if you had a picture of a cat and you're talking about, you know, nothing to do with cats, um, and the description talked about cats, then Google's going to say, no, that's not relevant content. Um, so you have to put, you have to put a small description um, to your pictures and that's called the alt text. Awesome. So that's one of those things uh, where spot owners, when they're creating their own websites, they totally miss this piece. Mm -hmm. the big at it. It's like, oh, I've already got the picture in there. Why do I need an alt text? Like, mm -hmm. I just don't understand. So it yeah. just gives you that extra boost of crawling from those little bots to be able to uh, rank your site. So even though it seems small and you may not have understood what alt text meant means, it can just give you that just a little edge up uh, if you have all your images have the alt text on them. And as we, you know, all, all of these things on our checklist here is everything again that a search um, engine would, um, or sorry, those spiders would, would crawl on the website. They're looking at all those key pieces on there and that's, and they'll give you a score um, and that's your relevancy score. And so that score determines, pardon me. You can find that relevancy score on your Google Analytics, correct? Google Analytics, yep. There's other, you know, Uber suggests Moz has, um, has uh, spots that you can go on to search for that kind of stuff as well too. Yeah. Um, and then what have we got? We've got uh, title tags is, is the next one. And the title tag is you wanna just make sure, uh, we just talked about how you've got your different pages, your about page, um, your home page, your you know, meet the team, you might have um, your, your services and your products page. And your, so you have to make sure that those pages are titled properly, again, so that everybody knows, including the, those spiders, they know exactly what that page is going to consist of. Mm -hmm. And so you know, that could be XYZ Spa um, and uh, services, uh, XYZ Spa, um, you know, skincare blog anything like that. So you're, you're titling, you know, Kirsten Foss coaching. She's got Kirsten Foss coaching, uh, digital spa marketing is, is one of her titles. And so every page that you have on your website should have a consistent title so that everybody can understand what it is. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I think some websites, they kind of, um, 
I've seen like it's like Wix and Squarespace. I think that might have been some of the free versions or the lower paid versions where that title tag kind of it they kind of auto-populate it kind of funny. Um in what way? Um like um so and I think even on my older website I had this where I had kirstenfoss.com forward slash Bedford theme. Oh, it was the theme Bedford oh, and then forward theme. slash. So like that was there was extra stuff in there that didn't get taken out. Okay. That might be on your URL versus your title. Your okay, title? maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's probably on your URL because you can what you do for a title page, you actually type that in. So you get to create or your SEO. So I just gets to gets to create the title for it. Um and then what else? So we got we've got um we've got security. So uh, likeliness of new websites um, being a secure website, um, you don't have to really worry about it too much, but you wanna make sure that that level of security is there because it shows Google um, or any search results that your page is safe, that it's secure. And it also lets your visitors know that they're in a secure website. I actually had this um, come up the other day when I was doing some research for one of our digital marketing uh, clients. So it was spa related and uh, I'm searching for content. And I came across a website that said, you know, this site might not be secure. Do you want to continue? And I thought, yeah, I'll go ahead and continue it. But it was likely an older website. There was a certain time where, you know, privacy laws and whatnot came into effect a lot stronger than what they used to be. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this isn't necessarily an issue now, but if you're not getting that HTTPS at the beginning of uh, your URL, that's a, or the, um, the SSL, those are good indications that that's an unsecure website. And people might shy away from visiting it. So if you've got an older website, if you haven't updated, um, you may come across uh, those types of things. So it's just something to be aware of. I think too, most most websites, um, like if, if it is older, uh, like you haven't updated your site in, for the past three or four years, I can't remember when that HTTPS um, came out as far as this extra security. Um, so if you've got an older site, you haven't done any updates, usually they're prompting you to do the security updates. So you would have to actually probably click an X to not update it, but you might not even realize what it's for. So, you know, if, if consumers are, you know, doing a search and your page comes up and people click on it, and then this big warning comes up, like, you know, this site might not be secure. Um, most people would click off of it. So that's, that's kind of what we're making sure that you've got in place that your, the security on your website is, is, is done and all new websites. Now that's just part of, it's a feature that comes with building a website. Yeah. So all right. So, okay. So um, we've got internal link. number six is. That's our internal linking. Yeah. <laughs> so what that does is. Um, so there's something called a bounce rate. And what that is, is if somebody comes to your website, uh, there could be different reasons why they might leave your website. And that could be that your site speed is slow. So they don't want to wait around for that spinning little <laughs> circle to, to open up the site. Uh, it could be that um, when they came to your website, that what they thought they were going to be looking for wasn't relevant to their needs. Um, or you've got too much information on your main page and uh, it doesn't allow people to click through to different pages. Guilty. So, Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Delia came on board and we were really looking at my kirstenfoss.com website, 
um, my bounce rate was really high. And, and as you started digging into SEO and your own marketing training, um, you realized you gave me the realization, like, like actually your homepage has actually got, is kind of solving all of their questions for them. So they don't actually need to click onto another page. And so that made my bounce rate really high. So I'm thinking, oh my God, my content isn't relevant. But the problem was that there was actually too much relevant content on one page. So nobody was moving onto a different page. And you want them to move onto a different page because that keeps them on your website longer. When people stay on your website longer then those spiders, they're happy. <laughs> so they will rank your website more relevant and it will show up on, on Google search or whatever. Well, search. And for, for my Christianfoss.com, so my bounce rate was really low, but yet, um, you know, I, as far I like, I was doing some things really well because I was showing up on the yep. first page. Yep. So I think what I was doing really well was I was blogging consistently. So I had new content on there all the time. Yes. Um, so it was kind of giving us mixed messages, but it didn't mean that I wasn't getting traffic and interest into my business, but it was just, it was the, the homepage that was the problem in diverting. And the other part to um, that as well, too, is you've got great content on your website. So, um, you know, they will recognize that. And you've also had a website for quite a long time as well, too. So you've built up that authority. Yeah. Yeah. So with with internal linking is um, so, you know, let's say you had an about page and then uh um, you know, for, for an example on, on Kirsten's website is she's got her about page and then she's got Kirsten's story. And so there's links kind of throughout her whole entire website that says, you know, read Kirsten's story. Uh, so it's that call to action, those buttons that are on the website that will direct them to a different page on your website. And so on your homepage, you could have, you know, a little bit of an about um, you know, you might have a meet the team, but it's not a full out description of your entire team because you've got a call to action button that read more. And so that takes, uh, that would take them to another link on your website to meet the team, or you might have, um, you know, maybe a little, uh, blurb on there about some of the services that you could do that you do. You could say waxing facials, um, you know, nail care, let's say, and you would have direct links uh, within that little section on, on the one page that would link them to those actual pages. And so that's direct, that's internal linking. And so you want to make sure that you have that placed throughout your website as well, too, so that um, your visitors will go on to different websites and it's recognized that yeah, if you guys and if any of you are blogging, definitely link your, you know, link back to previous blog posts to get you know, people, um, you know, staying on your site. Um, mm -hmm. For those of you that have e-commerce, um, having, you know, uh, you've seen them on other um, e-commerce sites, you know, there's a product and then there's other products that go that other consumers have bought with it, or there's the other products that go well with it so that it's, you know, getting people to click another link and going to a different page. That's, that's, that's how that would look like for an e-commerce site. Exactly. Yeah. So those are our top, uh, top six uh, SEO checklists. That, awesome. Those are the main, the key elements to what, uh, what um, search engines look for, what you need to have on your website and how to start building your relevancy to rank higher on Google. All right, so just to review, uh, the, the checklist that Delia has shared with us uh, are keywords. Number two is meta description. Third one is alt text for your, all your images. Number four is making sure you have your title tags. 
Number five is making sure that your security is a-okay so that your site has that HTTPS um, and the URL there, the SSL. Mm-hmm. And number six is to also make sure that you have internal links. So links going into uh, going to another page on your website. Wonderful. Hey. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing your knowledge about SEO. It's, it's a big topic. And, um, you know, I, I think at this stage, spa owners just need to, they, you know, they need to be aware at least of these key points so that they can make better decisions about their website, not just kind of wonder and wander aimlessly online, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thinking and, and spending a lot of time and energy on their website and still not getting ranked and not understanding why. Um, but of course, if you, you know, go down the rabbit hole and Google SEO, <laughs> that's completely overwhelming. So this is a really, really great place to get started with your SEO on your website. Um, if you are looking for spa specific SEO, um, we do a lot of copywriting for our clients and so like kind of on a project base. So whether that is service descriptions or you need, um, you need your copy redone on, on your website, or you've got a new website coming up. That's definitely what we, what we do here. We're, we're experts on content marketing. We know spa, we know all things spa and we understand how, how marketing works with spa. So feel free to uh, send us an email. Uh, You can reach me at Kirsten at KirstenFoss.com or you can send a DM on any of our social networks, Facebook or Instagram. Um, And if you like what you hear here on uh, Spa Business Mastery, we'd love it if you gave us a review. So that's it for us for today's Spa Business Mastery podcast. Delia will be here next month. Do we have a topic next month yet, Delia? I'm not sure. (laughs) I think we were actually going to be talking about, um, um, I think it had to do with attracting more skincare clients into your spa was what was on the docket. And I'm looking at that now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that will be for, so this is going to be, this will be uh, published in May. Um, And in June, uh, you'll be talking about how to attract more uh, skincare clients to your business. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. We'll see everybody then. Bye. Bye.